How's it going, people? Welcome back to the Judges TV. We're back for another episode of Arsenal With and When, and we're going to be discussing what went on yesterday and the race for the top four as ever. I'm your host, Dan Potts. I'm with Lee Judges, and I've brought two friends of the show with us. Mr. Tom Cannon from Laguna Talk. How are you, sir? Yeah, not bad. Uh, I've got away with testing positive for COVID quite lightly, it seems. So uh, I'm I'm doing fine, to be fair. Mate, counting down the days, Tom. You've been all right, though, in all seriousness, yeah? Yeah, genuinely. It was, it was a case of mother half got it, so it was always going to happen. Um, she's struggled, but uh, I've been fine, which is, yeah, very blessed that I haven't had to well, deal with the, the negatives of it, yeah. The main thing is you're both all right, man, so that's great mm. news. Um, Albert J, Albert from Albert JTV is back. How you doing, my bro? Not bad, bro. I'll tell you what, that, that's a serious intro, man. I'll have to step up my game, mate. That's, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? To come back on the this, on this, on this Sunday night show, happy days, man, man. Potsy, um, big win yesterday. Big win yesterday. Um, keep the momentum going so nice. Great to be back on, man. It's great to have you on, man. Listen, me and Lee can't take any credit for that intro. It's all on Skegness Dave, do you know what I mean? It's, it's something that me, me and Lee couldn't even dream of putting something nah. like that together. So we can't take credit. But uh, thanks for the feedback, Albert. Much appreciated. Lee Judges, how you doing, mate? How do you feel yeah. tonight? Oh, I'll tell you, like, you know, I, I know I do, I do it to myself every time. Like, play football today. Um, struggling a little bit. Uh, I thought I'd have a nice hot bath. You know, when you do it too hot, I've, I've made myself all come over all a bit funny. Like, so I'm drinking drinks, a bit of chocolate to try and get my recovery rate up. Like, but listen, we won again. Well, speaking it's of drinks, Pe Peter said judges without Pepsi sponsorship deal. Cheers well, for the yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on them at the moment, but like, I need something more than that at the minute. I feel really rough. You know, when you feel like really, I feel all over the place at the moment. So, uh, I just had a bit of chocolate, see if that'll help, but uh. Yeah, I put I put the bath as hot as I could to just relax those you know weary muscles of mine, like you know. And uh, oh, I feel a bit rough. I've got to say, like you know. So, but mm. carry on, carry on. The show must go on, as they say, like you know. Yes, yeah. mate, it must go on. Um, and mate, you weren't too late tonight. It was only two minutes late. So I'll tell you, you're getting better. Well, you one day you'll get it. I was going to make it at one stage. I was in a bit of a bit of bother, like you know what I mean. I really was, you know, but I I managed to. Uh, uh, re uh, slightly recover, like I'm, and I still feel a bit funny at the moment. Still sweating a little bit, but listen, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm Mate, that, that, that's what they call commitment. Lee thank Judges. you, thank commitment. you very much. Thank you. Committed to the channel. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, I'm going to start with Tom Cannon tonight. Tom, um, let's start with you, mate. Uh, thoughts of yesterday's game? Obviously, you haven't been feeling too great, a little bit under the weather, but hopefully, mm. it put a smile on your face yesterday, mate. Did indeed. Uh, it did indeed. Yeah, very happy with the result. Uh, it was a shame they scored, to be honest, at the end, because yeah. it kind of it tarnished yeah. what was a really good performance. Uh, I mean, a dominant display as well. Like, Brentford never really threatened. Like, their best chance was their goal at the end, and it wasn't really like, you know, we basically handed it to them on a plate. And it was like, here's the goal, here's the ball, kick it in the back of the net, and they did. Um, but yeah, look, 16 goal-scoring opportunities in the first half, more than any other Premier League side uh, this season uh, for first half opportunities kind of shows that dominance it, it just every single time we play and have these types of games it just screams striker doesn't it It just screams we need a top quality striker to finish these opportunities but again at the start of the season we always highlighted that Smith Rowe and Saka they're great talents but my god do they need add to add goals to their game well they've answered that call this season 16 between the two of them so far Smith Rowe I think equals Aaron Ramsey's record I think from 17-18 as well and he's got a lot of the uh, the season to go 
to still try and, and get even further from that. So I'm looking forward to the Wolves game. It was a game that we had to win. Could have been a bit of a banana skin for us, but we've avoided that quite nicely, however much we tried at the end to, to scuffle ourselves. But uh, yeah, very happy with the points and uh, gives us good momentum to go to Thursday. Yeah, it does. It's great to see us playing uh, a couple of times this week as well. Instead of having to wait, seems that we're just breaking all the time at the moment. And of course, at the weekend, we have no game because mm. we're supposed to play Liverpool, who are now in the Carabao Cup final. So it's good that we've got Wolves to be placed in on, on Thursday. Albert, um, just uh, going to do a quick summary from everyone, really, of yesterday's game before we start to break it down. Um, I think Tom brings up great points about Saka and Evel Smith-Rowe and, and getting on the score sheet. And uh, they were really, really good yesterday. Yeah, that, that that's the thing. Um it's it's such a, it's so important for this team. I know at this season we're sort of struggling to score, or we're not scoring as many goals as we probably would like in terms of killing teams off when we do eventually get ahead. But um, it's so imperative the likes of Saka and ESR chip in because obviously if you look at the goals returned from Lacazette and Inketia, it's a lot to be desired for. Um, but Tom makes a good point. I just thought watching that first half in particular, I thought we started well, probably the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, it just cries out, that for me, not getting a striker, whether that was on a permanent or whether that was on a loan deal during a January transfer window, could potentially bite us on the backside, just in terms of there's going to be games that are really, really tight, um, whether we're at home or away, where there's going to be games where we're only going to get a couple of chances done. And we need to take them. But Lacazette's not that man. I've said it before. You know, he has some very, very good key attributes. But one of the key things is putting the ball in the back of the net. And um, yeah, but like I said, um, it's important for me, as much as I hammer on about the strikers, that the other guys do chip in. And like with ESR particularly, it's only, I think, is it Salah, Jota and Sterling that have got more Premier League goals? You know, if if ESR and Saka can end the season in double figures in terms of goals, I think their assists would be higher. But in, in terms of the chances that we missed, that's probably why their assists are not as high as you would like them. Um, I thought Erdegaard orchestrated a lot of um, good things that Arsenal did. I love the combination play in particular with him and Saka, um, which has been developing for quite a while now. But um, yeah, a key three points. I didn't think Brentford would come and get a win. They were on a wretched run of form down, like one win in eight now, I think it is after that game yesterday. So um, massive win and we take the momentum into the game on Thursday. Yeah, 100%, man. Make up some great points there, Albert, as always. Lee, what were your thoughts yesterday, mate? Yeah, like some some good, some some a little bit worrying. I felt like um, watching the game at some points there, I thought, you know, have they been uh, working on how to break teams down? It didn't seem like it was the same sort of thing as Burnley. I will say this, though. I think that whether it was a striker, I felt that at times, you know, it was the final decision. Decision making yeah. was a little bit costly for us. On three occasions, Ulugard should have shot and he passed, and then the one time that he he should have shot, uh, should have passed, he shot. You know, so little things like that that got be, can be worked on. But in saying that, I felt that um, I, I'm gonna, I get you know, uh, a bit worried going in at half time. Not gonna lie, I thought, oh, this is gonna be. But the same obviously was said at half time. They stepped it up within two minutes. Lovely little ball from Lacazette. I think he got a little bit of criticism, Lacazette, yesterday, but he done some good things, some bad things. Mixed bag, if I'll be honest. Got the ball out to... Um, I know this is where the game's crazy, isn't it? Because Lacazette puts out just a normal 20-yard pass out to Smith-Rowe. He gets an assist for that because Smith-Rowe does everything else and he scores. This is where, you know, this assist a bit, a bit silly, really. Great, great goal. I thought the goalkeeper should have had it, if I'll be honest. I thought that... Um, 
but couldn't do nothing about Saka's goal. That was like absolutely uh, sublime. And I'll tell you what was good. The, the substitutions I thought were good. I thought uh, um, Pepe come on was lively when he come on. I like I like when he come on. I like what he he brought to the table. It looked a bit uh, trickery and and things like that. It looked like he was motivated for it as well. Eddie come on and and worked hard. Uh, I just thought it was a, a good all round performance. Listen. For me, it was all about winning yesterday. I was going into the game saying that I thought it was going to be a one-nil win and everything like that. Uh, two-nil at best, and I, I, I did say two-nil. I thought, I, you know, I was, I was sitting there like thinking, yeah, I know my stuff, two-nil, like, and then I get a goal. But anyway, it, it didn't matter. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I'm, I'm going to agree with Tommy. I know it sounds silly. We won the game. It was great. But I was a little bit disappointed we conceded that goal because I'm liking these clean sheets that we're getting. Yeah. But the, the other the other side of it, Dan, which was a good thing for me, is that I felt we managed the game well. We defensively... Do you know what? A couple of years ago when we was attacking teams, every time I thought we was vulnerable to the counter-attack and, you know, like thinking, oh, they're going to nick one in a minute. I, I felt that we was... Um, we pretty defensively... I think we're a lot more solid than what we are. There is a, a, a real method to our our gameplay going forward and, and, and defending. I think because of that, I think that um, because we're a little bit cautious, that is a maybe just hampering our little bit of attacking play at the moment. But um, I, I think it was a, a good performance in the end. Everybody done well. And listen, the weather and the for fans to get to that game yesterday was horrendous. You know what I mean? Trains and everything there. So, Big up to the fans that, that made it because yeah. I know that a couple of the fellas that sit next to me, three hours they was on the train um, to get to the game. Oh, I had to, all the trains around my way were cancelled. Had to get yourself to Oakwood and get on the uh, the underground. So, you know, fair play to the fans, braving the weather. I think probably a lot of fans could have looked out of the window, uh, trains cancelled and everything, and gone. Do you know what? I might give this one a might give this one a swerve. But they didn't, you know. They turned up in their thousands, and uh, I, I, you know, big up to the fans, and uh, a, a very, very much needed three points. Dimmed, dimmed is the word I'm going to say later on in the evening. I'm going to say that like was, um, you know, uh, mess my my weekend up there. Let's bit. not even go there, mate. Let's just not mess even go my there. Weekend up like, Let's not even go there. I was on the way home. My dad uh, listening to it, thinking, "Come on, you, you you've got to be kidding me. That that cannot happen. It's just." Their bogey team, Man City, for whatever reason. So let's not go into that. Uh, Tom, let's come back to you and let's talk about Lacazette because he was getting a lot of criticism by some of the people in and around me sitting yesterday and some of the social media quotes that I saw mm. was a little bit harsh on Lacazette. Now, I have nothing wrong with Lacazette's uh, work rate. Um, but my argument to people who just use that as the why he should be our best striker is because actually that should be what people should be looking to do every single game is work hard so I understand that he brings some attributes to the game but I can't see him getting on the score sheet anytime soon there was a shout for me for a penalty I thought it could have been again I thought there's yeah. a couple of opportunities where the referee could have gone on our side again and didn't bother um, I don't know if he did or didn't look at that incident for a VAR for a potential penalty but it looked to me as if Lacazette got taken out and potentially mm -hmm. sandwiched and it could have been a, a blatant it was a blatant penalty for me but it wasn't mm -hmm. given luckily it didn't cost us but some of his 
play at the moment is frustrating me in terms of how deep he's playing, Tom, because I'm seeing Cedric and Tierney putting some balls in the box to absolutely nobody because we have no striker. Now, that might be down yeah. to some of the way that we play because he's dropping deep at the tip of that diamond. But actually, when you look at it, he's the guy that is the number nine. He's wearing the armband and he's on a hell of a lot of money. And I think on the most money, uh, certainly on that pitch. So we need goals from him, Tom. So yeah. what's your what's your thoughts on Lacazette's performance yesterday and, and in the last few weeks, mate? Well, tactically, I think the reason why he's dropping deep is is in part, obviously, because of his stylistically. It's kind of the way that he plays. He wants to drop deep. He wants to get involved with the play. I mean, there was one point where he was the number six uh, at one stage. He dropped so deep that he was playing alongside uh, Thomas Partey, which was a bit mad. I think Arteta's shift to this 4-3-3, because we've moved away from the 4-2-3-1 uh, with the out-and-out out number 10. We're now playing with this kind of... Partey is the clear number six. Xhaka's playing slightly ahead of him and Erdogan's playing deeper in kind of this hybrid eight slash 10 kind of role. And that means that the space that's usually occupied by the out and out number 10 is, is no longer there. So Lacazette is naturally dropping even deeper than he does usually, which, you know, can work. And I think Erdogan's role, as Albert touched upon, is absolutely vital. I mean, I'm not taking Erdogan off for anyone. He's so integral to the way that we play. He needs to play as many minutes as possible. But... The negative is that at the moment with the way in which we've got, say, a player like Granit Xhaka, that left-hand side six slash eight kind of role, the space occupied by or would be occupied by the number 10 means that the Lacazette is dropping deep. He should be taking the chances, though. He is still getting into some of those goal-scoring oppositions, and when he does, he's not taking those opportunities. And that's the big question. If we were sitting here going, he scored the one chance he had against Burnley, the massive one that went wide, if he scores the chance that he has... Uh, if he stays may or maybe more on side in the chance that he has uh, against Brentford in yesterday's game, then sure, we can talk about that. And when maybe we're not discussing how poor his form is. But the fact of the matter is he's not scoring. And then you look at Burnley and you see their six foot five striker, Val Veghorster, moved in January for 15 odd million quid. And you're thinking of all those crosses that we were pumping into the box and continue to pump into the box and seemingly have this incessant obsession with still crossing into the box. And I'm thinking... Why didn't we go and grab a really decent backup striker uh, like Vickers for a fee that is minimal? And to be honest, if we get into the Champions League, 12 to 15 million pounds, it pays for Vickers. And people will latch onto the idea of you wanted a three-year contract and we don't want to tie ourselves in with a striker for three, for three years that's 29 years of age. But I think if you're looking at the options for you are Burnley for three years or Arsenal for two years and you want to offer him that deal... I think he'd be mental not to pick Arsenal rightly out of the two, would he not? So I, I struggle a little bit to understand why we didn't maybe look at him as an option. And Arta Cabral, of course, he went to Fiorentina um, to replace Dusan Vlaovic. There were options for Arsenal in the January window, and I am still very critical of that fact that we didn't take the opportunity to, to, to go for one of those strikers that did move. But back to the point about Lacazette, I have huge concerns for the rest of the season. Would I therefore then play Martinelli? Over him, I'm not sure because it seems the way that we're playing is actually kind of reliant on Lacazette being that link in that false nine position. And I'm not sure whether Martinelli play, would, would do as effectively as, as he would. And I kind of like Martinelli in the wide positions because it gets him on the ball more. We've got options. I worry, though, if those options are a little bit too sure. And if we don't get to top four, I would put my life savings on the reason being that we didn't have that proper striker for the last six months. I think they're my concerns, Tom. You share them 100%. I think the lack of goals from that position is going to be a worry. And therefore, the only real 
explanation or the only real counter you have for that or counter argument you have for that is goals by committee. So if Smith Rowe and Saka keep doing what they're doing like they did yesterday and Martin then he comes back and starts scoring, I'd love to see Erdegaard chipping him in some more goals. Or I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I think that's the get. That's the way forward. That's the way we get top four. I'll come to you with a similar question, Albert. It's fine yesterday because we saw goals from other players. But does that position concern you, Albert, moving forward with Lacazette in that holding role? Oh, the, the, the striking situation at Arsenal, even when Ubil was still here, was an issue for me. Um, just in terms of the movement, the cohesion, it didn't seem to matter who the front three were. Um, and I looked at sort of forward play in the Premier League, generally speaking, and I just have to think, well, why, why can't we... Why can't we replicate that? What, what, why, what's so difficult why we can't seem to have good movement and good cohesion and looking looking like a threat? And I, I my, my biggest concern, to be honest with you, in terms of sort of the top four talk and top four races, if Arsenal don't get it, like Tom's alluded to, we're, we're not going to get it because we don't score enough goals. And that's not just symptomatic of this season. That If you look at our last four Premier League seasons, we're down on goals. Yes, you could look at the goals against in terms of we we're actually not conceding we're not conceding we're conceding less goals sorry but yeah the striker situation is a massive problem for me I, if you look even if you look at things like shooting accuracy from the the, the main guys up top I mean the only guy that's above sixty percent is ESR all the others are down that's and that that's not coincidental like you know it, it needs to be better um needs to be more clinical you know we've got it right you know, at the opposite end of the pitch, defensively, we look a bit more structured and a bit more, there's a bit more solidity there. But going forward, yeah, it's it's a massive, massive concern because um, like I alluded to earlier, there's going to be, the top four race is going to be very, very tight. It's going to go to the wire. Um, the fact we're even in the conversation is a surprise to me because I wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, um, but we found ourselves in this position. Um, and you know what? The clean sheets have helped, Dan, because as much as, we don't score enough goals. Um, keeping those clean sheets and scraping the wins that we have managed to do has kept us in the um, top four race. But um, I've, I've, you know, I try and be positive, and obviously we've got a big game Thursday. But I'm massive concerns after we just don't score enough goals. And listen, he's got options, Arteta, in terms of, and I agree with Tom. I'm, I'm not sure if you, people talk about Martin Lelly down the middle or Pepe possibly going there, but. It's difficult to fit him, Pepe, um, ESR, Erdegaard in the same team. Someone's going to have to miss out and you're not going to leave out Martin Erdegaard. So, yeah, the, the, the striking situation at Arsenal has been a concern for a long time and even more so because this, let's, be, let's have it right. This is Arsenal's best chance in years to get top four. Years. Irrespective of whatever United and the likes of Tottenham and Wolves are coming out, this is Arsenal's best chance. We've got one game a week. That, that's the advantage we have over the other side because they have other commitments in terms of Europe and the domestic cups. And if Arsenal don't get top four this season, it's a massive, massive shame. Yeah, 100% it is, mate. Um, and we are going to get into that because I do want to hear your thoughts on what's happening in and around us, not just at Arsenal. But Lee, let's creep to the striker just for a second. It looks at some stage you even brought it up like it was going to be a very similar first half anyway at halftime uh, performance to Burnley where we just couldn't break them down. And 
I wondered if Mikel Arteta would change anything up, if we might have saw Pepe come on alongside Lacazette, or even if he did bring Eddie on, would he go more of a 4-4-2? We didn't really get to see it because luckily Smith-Rowe and Saka did the business. But do you think that there might be a chance for Mikel Arteta to change things up with the likes of Pepe and Martinelli coming on to help Lacazette? Because it seems that he can't do it all on his own. Yeah, I think it's, it's, listen, it's a good point. Um, let's, 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 let's look at the facts of it all. Like, um, if it weren't for Granite Xhaka's toenail, um, Lacazette scores goal, like you know, um, and 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 it wouldn't be so much having this debate. It was a you know very very close call for the offside, good movement. That's what Arsenal were going to be looking to do, uh, and and we would have won that game three maybe three nil. Listen, if we get two goals a game, you know that ain't too bad with our defenses and everything. There, two goals a game is not a bad average to the end of the season, like you know, so. Um, I, I don't think it's too much of, of a threat. What was the two things that worried me in the game was the, the cons, constantly crossing the ball with no one in there. Uh, so many times we get into fantastic positions and we're, we're, we're crossing the ball and no one's in there. You look at um, uh, other teams, you know, they put a cross in and they get the, they get the goal. It, it is a problem for us. We've got to uh, address that. I look at teams like... Uh, Manchester City and, and Arsenal to a certain degree. They haven't got that backup to, to just say, look, if we, things ain't going well, let's just put it in there and, what, and see what happens. That is a worry. And I, four or five times, and I, I, Kieran Tierney's crossing was not at its best yesterday, but there was four times they, they looked up to put a crossing and, and they, they did put it in in the end, but there was no one in there. So I don't really know what, what that was all about. But ultimately, um, Thursday now, all of a sudden, I thought um, um, when the teams come out this week, it was a boring one. It was, it was, you know, you knew exactly what it was going to be. Thursday's team sheet, uh, um, quarter to seven, is going to be very, very interesting because what happens? And for me, it's Martinelli comes in now. I, 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 I'm sorry, you know, you're either bringing Martinelli back in and dropping uh, Emil Smith-Rowe or you're bringing Martinelli in to drop Lacazette. And that's, that's the options that he's got because I'll tell you what, I'll be fuming, absolutely fuming if he's not in the team, Matt Martinelli, because he shouldn't have been sent off in the first place, right? And and then um, not to get back into the team. Now, I can't watch the other game. I had to turn the game off today, Man United, McTominay. You know, when people go, oh, letter on the law or Martinelli, like, letter on the law, he should have been sent off today. But no, they let him off. I can't watch other teams at the moment, like, but there's no letter of the law with us. It's straight in there, isn't it? Bosh, get it done, like, you know. I've had enough of it now, like, you know. So, for me, Martinelli comes back into this team I, I, and it's either in two positions. I Listen, you can't drop Smith-Rowe after that performance yesterday. Man, the match performance because he, he won us the game. So, you've got to look at it now and I think that Lacazette now has had three games and I... I, I Forget about the link play. If Mark Martinelli can bring in, in the link play and everything like that. But we need a threat also of going the other way. Now, it isn't so much of a problem at home. I know that's sensitive because they drop very, very deep so that there isn't got that pace in behind. But what you want is someone that's got the ball. Say what for Martinelli's on the edge of the box. Uh, sorry, on the coming on the halfway line. When Lacazette gets the ball, the, the defender can go right tight up on him because he knows if he does turn him, he ain't going to be able to get away. But if if in that position, Martinelli's got that option of like a quick little turn and then sprinting right into the heart of their, mid, uh, of their defenders. Now, what happens is there are two defenders then will come in. Clark, what does that leave? 
Smith Rowe and Saka out on the left hand side. So it's a different way of doing it, a different way of getting in. You know, um, like Partey done. When Partey drove down the middle, the two central defenders had to go towards him and that left the space for Saka to, to, to get the shot. So why can't we do that with Martinelli? Just change it up a little bit, like, you know. And if things are not working, then you've got Lacquer to come on 20, 25 minutes to do that intricate little bit of stuff. Ultimately, Lacazette is not really and shouldn't be the main striker at this football club, as we all know, like, you know. So that's why I... I find it very, very hard to really criticise him because he's been put in this position. It's not his fault. You know what I mean? Like We've we've allowed this to happen. So, for me now, this is a real big game on Thursday night because I think that they're going to do exactly the same, but they're a little bit of a better better team, obviously, like when you look at the table, than, 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 than uh, Brentford. So, they will cause us a few problems. But... Ultimately, I think Martinelli's got to come back in the team, guys. I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. I'd be very, very disappointed if he's not. Very disappointed. I might even tell Mikel as well. Yeah, well, now you know him. You can do, mate. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, so, I mean, so yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tom, let me come to you. Um, let's talk of some positives because it was quite a lot. Um, I got a little bit of stick for saying that Thomas Party played well yesterday. Is it me? Yeah. Was he poor? Yeah, was I thought he was great. I thought, I thought Party great, and Chaka yeah. both played really, really well. Um, Martin Erdegaard, for me, was um, absolutely superb as well. But um, what did you make of our midfield diamond? Because I thought all of them played pretty well, Tom. Yeah, I'm quite liking it. I'm liking the this little switch. I mentioned it when we were talking about kind of the reasons as to why maybe Lacazette's dropping deeper, but I like this system of, of giving Partey just, he knows his job. Whereas before it was kind of, it was a little bit, it was a little bit here and there. It was like, you come from Atletico Madrid, you cost 45 million quid. We know how good you are. Go out and show us. But actually, I think he's needed a little bit of structure um, to way in which he's playing. And I think that him being given this kind of number six role is really helping him see the best performances from him, which is great. Granit Xhaka playing slightly ahead of him, I think, works. I think it enables the left-hand side to be a lot more potent as well because he's consistently feeding Tierney and Smith-Rowe and Martinelli when he plays, of course, with those consistent passes. So that's really, really strong for us as well. But Partey, yeah... I don't know what it is, Dan, about the idea that it's weird to criticise or weird to praise. Either way with Partey, I see that, you know, you can get stick either way. I think he's been deserving of criticism at times because he's had poor performances. But, you know, when, he, when, he's, when he's been good, we have to sit here and say that he was excellent. I think it's been his best game since the Manchester City match where you obviously, we bought, that's probably his best performance in an Arsenal shirt was that Man City game. But he was really, really strong again. Recovered the ball quickly. Recovery pace was great. Progressive passing, obviously set up Saka for the goal. And I think people kind of understate how important the timing of his pass was for Saka on the second goal. When you're watching it in real time, you're thinking, please just pass it. Pass it now. But actually what he's doing is he's taking the responsibility himself. He gives Saka much, much less to do. Because if you play that pass on the halfway line, Saka's then got to drive with the ball another 30 extra yards. And then it gives a lot more chance of, you know, the risk of him messing up, basically increasing. So Partey takes on that responsibility, drives forward, also draws another defender towards him, plays it to Saka in loads of space. He's got time to hit the ball. I think his second or third touch after he's received the pass. So, Absolutely fantastic performance from Partey. And, you know, fingers crossed that kind of performance keeps up because that will be a big difference in us getting top four as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't get why there is some hate on Thomas Partey. It doesn't seem that there's much of that hate in some of the other players, but it seems that Thomas Partey has been a, a flop at Arsenal. And I, I just don't agree with that at all. I hear all the time how he's not turned up in an Arsenal shirt and, 
you know, I agree with you, Tom. I thought yesterday he was great. I thought he was superb against Manchester City. And I love seeing him play well because I know there's a player there. And I saw it against um, many, many teams um, when he was playing for Atletico Madrid. And I thought it was a really exciting signing. So um, I hope that he continues to play well. But Albert, let's talk about Martin Odegaard before we move on, because I, I thought yesterday in parts he was really, really good and uh, kept the ball really well. Another player I've questioned, I've wanted to see more from him. I've never thought he was a poor player, but you know when you see a player and think, go on, dude, go that extra mile and get that goal, get that assist. And he actually started to. I started to see goals from him against the likes of Manchester United, and Everton and some of the goals. I think he went three or four games where he scored a goal yeah. and an assist. He started to drop off with that, but his play is so so he's so comfortable on the ball, and some of his passing is really impressive. And um, apart from me crying out for him to shoot in the first half, where he passed it to Saka, which I just thought he should have shot, I thought he had a really good game and was a candidate for man of the match for me, Albert. Yeah, judges made a good point. It was, I think, particularly not Martin Odegaard, but I would say I would say probably mainly sort of the front four. Front in terms of um, getting into advanced areas. The decision-making at times was um, a little bit questionable, should I say. But uh, Martin Odegaard is an interesting one because I don't, I don't know if you guys agree, but in terms of like the social media aspect of, aspect of it with Arsenal fans, um, it's very mixed, very, very, very mixed. And um, I look at it and I think he's obviously got ability. Um, Do you know why, Albert? Because his name is not James Madison. That's why. Yeah, the, Tom, don't even get me started on that. But um, <laughs> no, um, no, you know what? He has, I didn't know too much about him and I've made that pretty clear in terms of when Martin Odegaard sort of was the first loan spell and obviously now he's permanent. And, but sort of looking at footage of him, I, I could see why some Arsenal fans were excited because they say that thing, oh, he's Mesut Ozil, but he's, work, but he's got work rate. Um, there's, there's, more, there, there's more of a, a willingness to get in the box and to add goals, which for me, again, is important. Um, and Tom made the good point because even being at the game yesterday, yes, you can appreciate the touch and getting into the the, the key areas of the pitch where you can, you know, link in, interchange and link play. But sometimes when you watch it back and you see actually his movement and how he always looks to pass the ball forward, um, sometimes you might not pick that up when you're actually watching the game in real time. But I, I like the pockets of space he picks up and... You know what, if anything, what I would like to see from him more is to be a little bit more advanced, like cheat a little bit sometimes, um, take a bit more risk and add more goals to his game. Um, you know, he had a fantastic chance to make it 2-0 and to really bury it at the time, um, which was a poor, poor effort. But, you know, I forgive him that. Um, but, no, he's he, I've been impressed with what I've seen um, so far. And he's... He's, he's going to be integral, you know, and and you can see why Mikel Arteta sometimes will pick him ahead of ESR, for example. It might not be pleasing to some of the Arsenal fans, but, you know, we're not the manager. Our job's not on the line. Um, he has to make tough decisions, but I, I, I've been impressed. And before I finish up, Dan, I've seen people saying a lot in the comments and probably on social media say that I was only Brentford. So would you be more happy if we drew the game 0-0? Like, it, it, that's, that's the alternative. Like, what, you know, if you look at the Premier League season, particularly this season and last season, some of the results you've seen, it's it's it's, it's, it's tough to beat so many teams. So many teams are fighting for their lives and to stay in the Premier League or they're pushing for European football. These games are not rollovers. Arsenal are not a finished article. This is a, you could even argue it's a newly formed team in terms of Arteta's got more of a settled team. So I, sometimes I, I, I'm left scratching my head to the point that I feel it's going to start bleeding. Like, I, I, are you happy with the win? 
like do you want us to lose games like what 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 is it i don't i don't get it like we got a good win that we deserve to win yesterday i don't see any arsenal fans saying we didn't deserve to win well unless well, unless they said it in secret but yeah listen we got like i said back to erdogan sorry mate yeah um I, I'm impressed with what I see. I would like to see him stamp more for it on the games, but I'm impressed with what I've seen and just add more goals. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I agree with you, man, with the, with the, the comments. But Albert, don't ever try and guess what how the fans are thinking because you'll be there all day, man. <laughs> you'll be there all day, bro. Trust me. Uh, Chaitanya, thanks so much for your super chat. Good performance, he says. We need to convert more. Let's keep getting those wins now since we cannot leave the upcoming games to the refs or VAR. Cheers. And cheers to you as well for your kind super chat. Uh, much appreciated. Whoops. Um, so, Lee, let's talk about Saka and Smith-Rowe, shall we? Um I absolutely love the chant, by the way. That is one of the best songs mm. that Arsenal mm. have had in a long time. But um, these two kids keep pulling it out for us out of the bag. And I, I just sometimes feel the fans underappreciate that the fact that these kids are so young. And Smith Rowe has now got nine Premier League goals and one in the cup, which has taken his tally to 10 now, which, let's be honest, is a Robert Perez and Freddie Lundberg style um, attacking midfield goal contribution. So big up to Smith Rowe for this season. He has massively improved and he's been vital to us going forward. But these two kids, Lee, I I love them, mate. Absolutely love them. Yeah, listen, uh, I think you've got to bring, you know, talking about Odegaard there, you know, Odegaard's not that old. I think he's 20, just turned 23. Yeah, you know? 22, uh, I think. Yeah, three, yeah. 23. The end of it, you know, he's still learning his trade. So, but but because I think that he's come from Real Madrid, everybody's expecting wonders of him and all that. I thought he played really, really well yesterday. And by the way, just got to say, it's the best dummy I've seen over the Emirates since I've ever been watching <laughs> watching football. Like you know that dummy there, even even I thought, hey, that was absolutely sensational. Like you know, so big up to him. I thought he was brilliant on the day. And do you know what? That shows me that he's got confidence to be able to do things like that. You've got to be really confident and on your game to be doing that. So that's a good sign. Listen, these two kids, Smith Rowe and Saka, I can't praise them enough for what they're doing. You know, they're, the the worrying fact is it's those sort of youngsters that are taking us through i'd like to see it from somebody else but they are the they are the the icing on the cake of a of a very very disciplined performance yesterday i have to say that you know people turn around and go about uh party i thought party was uh when it mattered yesterday he stepped up second half that's when it mattered the performance our performance was much better second half because the likes of him and and shaka stepped up they give it the platform for the others to build on and um you know, Ullegaard, and I've got to say, I didn't think it was Saka's best game yesterday. I didn't think he had a great game yesterday. I thought there was a couple of times he was harshly dealt with by the ref. Uh, you know, unbelievably. Like, there was one time when he got kicked three times and the ref said play on every time. It's just incredible. And then went up to him and tried to explain why he was an idiot, the ref. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't get it. But Smith-Rowe and him kept it going. And But Smith-Rowe yesterday... We, you can't underestimate the first goal. The first goal was such a big, big thing. Once we got that goal, you could sense there was a relief around the ground. It took a little bit of magic. That sometimes is what you're going to need. When people turn around to me and say, oh, it's only Brentford and all that, these teams are hard to break down and beat. You know what I mean? You, you, you only have to look. Look at Burnley the other day. You know, we're all criticising Burnley Um because we, we drew with Burnley. They've drawn with Man United. They've just gone to smash Brighton. We couldn't do that to Brighton. You know, so th- these th- there's no easy games in this this uh, uh, 
Premier League. And and when what one thing that these these teams are, I don't care if they're uh, Burnley, Brentford, Brighton, all that, they're organised. They know exactly how to work. And you've got to be able to work out a solution to break them down because they're not going to come to the Emirates or any other big ground and just go, do you know what? We'll go toe-to-toe with you. They're not going to do that. You have got to find a way of breaking them down. I thought it was a good, comfortable win. That's why I think me and Tom were saying earlier on, you know, to look, to concede that goal 2-1, on paper it looks like it was a, a tight game. But it wasn't really. It was a more comfortable 2-0. Uh, you know, 2-0 would have been a fair result when you could say, right, we can move on from there like that. So I, I, I can't really see too much wrong with it. And But these two kids... Have just got everything going from them, haven't they? Like, do you know what? I like their attitude, their work rate. That they seem very, very grounded. That you know, because I think that's the way Arsenal teach them. Um, and you know, what I don't know about you guys, but one minute I'm going, you know what, Smith Rowe's my favourite, and then the next week I'm going, oh, I don't know, I think he's sucker. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, and then like, oh, Martinelli comes into that. Thing. I am enjoying the fact of these that, that watching these kids play and develop, and I think it's fantastic. Tessie, I I have to say, I think if I'm going to be really, I think the jewel in our Arsenal crown at the moment is Saka. I just think he's just just got it all, like you know, I, I really do. And if he can add goals to his game, then we've got one hell of a player. And the last couple of games, he he took his goals really well. Do you know that that was a fantastic finish, by the way. Not easy. He made that look easy. He made it look easy. You know, across the goal, uh, textbook sort of stuff. And um, I, I'm I'm just so so pleased, you know. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm probably just going to sneak to him as my favourite. But I do love Smith Rowe as well. I do like the one. that little dummy that he made in the box. By the way, you know that little shimmy. Oh, uh, super! Just absolute. You know, they're, they're both as good as each other. Both the ceilings on these two are really really high, and we're very very fortunate to have them at the Arsenal. Yeah, we are, mate. And of course, you brought up Erdegaard and we have still got Martinelli, who I absolutely love as well and believe his ceilings as high. So it is exciting watching these last two youngsters at the moment. And every time they're on the ball and driving forward, I do enjoy watching them. I can't lie. Um, It is great to see. Um, There's over 1,100 of you in the chat. Please smash the like button if you haven't done so already. Um, Massive thanks to Lee Gunner, by the way, because he sent a load of his um, subs over to our show to watch. That's very kind of you. Thank you all for that and and, and welcome to you all. Um, if you can hit a sub and a like on this video, it'd be much appreciated. Um, one thing I want to discuss before we go into the top four race and bring up the league table. Tom, let's start with you. Yesterday, there was an incident where Lacazette came off and the armband was passed <laughs> around. Um, a lot of people giving Granite Chaka a lot of stick. I am one person who has always questioned Granite Chaka. However, I'm not going to give him too much stick yesterday because I actually appreciated what he had done or what he apparently had done. Was handed to the uh, armband between Enketia and himself and Lacazette to Kieran Tierney because he apparently mm. was next in line to take the, the, the armband. And we have seen Granite Chaka take the armband before when it hasn't been him for, for the first time. He has taken the armband uh, a couple of times this season. Mm. What do you make of that? Very interesting for me, Tom, that. Yeah, look, I think uh, it's a nothing. It's I think it's a nothing, mate. I'll be very honest with you. I don't think it's anything we need to really read into. Um 
uh, colleague, my colleague Kai Karnak at Football Land uh, reported on this. Uh, I'll read out his tweet uh, where he said, just catching up on the Xhaka captain stuff for clarity. Laka was trying to give the armband to Tierney, who was preparing to take a throne, but couldn't hear Laka shout. Laka therefore gave it to Eddie to give to Kieran Tierney, but Nketiah was told to stay in the centre forward position by Arteta. Nketiah then tried to give the, uh, the, the armband to Xhaka to give it to Tierney at that point, but the throne was about to be taken and Xhaka told him to hold on to it. Not a case of Xhaka refusing the responsibility at all and a bit of a stretch to say that it's a lack of commitment or anything like that. It's 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 just one of those things that gets blown out of proportion. Nketiah was told to stay at striker. The, the armband's got to get back to, to Kieran Tierney. You obviously, you pass it to a midfielder to hand it to a defender. It's as simple as that. Xhaka was wanting to focusing on the game at that point and deal with the throwing, which, you know, you, if anything, you've got to praise the guy for staying professional and not getting distracted in that moment. And arguably a lapse of concentration could have cost us a goal earlier in the game. So to, to, to point out that as kind of a criticism, I, I think is a bit of a stretch. So Dan, to answer it shortly, it's it's not an issue that we need to, to worry about at all. But what I would say, it's great to see Kieran Tierney's next in line. I think that's what we should 100%. take from it. Um, Kieran Tierney being next in line is a great move uh, by Arteta. Definitely, it actually finally gives... A young guy, the armband, someone that we know has got kind of that leadership mentality about them that's going to go into next season, being here, having signed a new contract at the club last season. There's no questions about his future whatsoever. And, you know, he gives the players hell if, if, if they aren't doing what they want. And you just get the feeling that this is the right choice. So fair play to Arteta for making that. Oh, but let's come to you on that point. I want to get Lee's point as well, because I thought it was quite interesting. And I didn't actually see it happen while I was, uh, and I was actually at the game, but I missed that. I only heard about it afterwards and someone had said, oh, did you see what happened? And I said, no, I must have been uh, texting at the time or, or watching something else. No, uh, I did actually miss it. But um, Albert, let's come to you. Kieran Tierney gets the armband. Does that mean he's going to be our captain for you next season? Yeah, amateur mistake. Sorry. Um, yeah, what I was saying is, um, yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed. I absolutely wouldn't be disappointed. A lot of people have been calling for Kieran Tierney, you know, to be the captain. I think obviously the main thing they were sort of to and frame with is the fact of his injury record. But I was always under the pressure. Okay, if you're going to throw that at him in terms of the injury record, um, which is quite plausible because if he's not playing, then how can he be leading the team out? But um, I kind of was on along the terms of um, vice captain potentially, but listen, I, I won't disagree with. Um, I won't have a problem with the Scottish Braveheart being our new captain. Put it that way. And with the Jacka thing, I, I was quite surprised that was even a topic. To be honest with you, I was like, like "Come on, man! We just sometimes it nothing ceases, nothing ceases to fail to amaze me." To be honest with you, but it's it's not that big an issue. Listen. If you really, really dislike Granite Xhaka that much, you'll make a bigger issue of it than it should be. But then that's just personal. Um, mm. And I've got too much time on my hands and much more important things to worry about than the cap, you know, Granite Xhaka not taking the caps as your hand. I can't mute your microphone. Yeah, very true, Tom. That, that's, that's a very true, Tom. Because the other hell you're going to hear what I'm saying, but that's no, fine. Now, yeah, it's, it's much ado about nothing, man. Seriously, I was surprised that it even gained any momentum or legs Dan. but um if Kieran is a captain listen be happy days for me mate yeah 100% uh Lee let's bring you in on it we've got a super chat as well from Scott Borg Scott thank you so much mate he says he was I wasn't disappointed I don't ever want to see Chaka wear that armband again Kieran is the man to be wearing the armband and I'm glad that Chaka sent it there Lee what were your thoughts on this and is Kieran a great shout for you for captain 
Yeah, like Tierney, listen, I, I'm going to be honest. The last few games, I've not been impressed with Tierney's performances. I think he's not been at the, you know, he's doing okay, but he's not the not playing to the, to the level he was last season. I, I'm going to be honest. That doesn't mean to say that he's been poor, but I just think like some of his crossing again yesterday was poor, but he's still a good leader is what we just um, said about, like, you know, and I think in the way the system's playing at the moment, I, I will say this with uh, Tierney, um, because I'm not criticising as much. If he doesn't make that run yesterday, then then um, yeah, Bro yeah, doesn't yeah, score. So like you know, sometimes it's not just about cross. But I just think his crossing has just has not been quite as good as, up to the standard that probably we expect. I think that's probably more of it. I I, I probably expect a little bit more of him, if I'll be honest. But can I just come back on that, Lee, just quickly? Can I just come in on that, though? Do you not think that some of that has to do with no target man in the box from Tierney and Cedric's crosses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of times there, but it's a couple of times, and, you know, he, he put in crosses and they was, it wasn't wasn't that great, and, or he ain't yeah, getting fair. the crosses in. Uh, I, look, listen, I'm not having a go at him when I'm saying this. I just think that No, I know that, yeah, I know. His standard is, I, I, you know, he was up there like, last season. He's just dropped down a little bit, but nothing major. I still think he's like the best left back we've got. And, and defensively wise, I think he's very, very good. Mm. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think he is a, very much of a leader. And as I said, if he doesn't do that, that he done that run yesterday. And, and, and I, I don't care what anybody says about him, if you play football or not, he's made a 50 yard sprint knowing he's not going to get the ball. Knowing he's not going to get the ball, but he's doing it for, for, the, for the cause of the team. So I quite like that. You know what I mean? So he's a team player. That's what that tells me. He's, he's prepared to put his body on the line for the team. So I, and, and he's always done that. Not a problem with that. The Granite Xhaka thing, like, you know, listen, he's had a bloody good game yesterday. And I don't care what anybody says. When he's playing in the team, we have we have more stability with him in the team at this moment. So whether whether you, people like that or not, whether you think that he's, you know, we need an upgrade. Yeah, we do. But, but ultimately, in this squad, he is the best player we've got in that role. Uh, after that, you put, it's probably El Nini. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. and, and we're looking to criticise him on That's his... That's on Lukonga, that is, Lee. Do you know what? I'm going to say this with Lukonga. I don't think Lukonga's ready at this moment in time. And and the role the role that they're playing, if you have a look at Shaka and, and Partey, it's very disciplined roles. You know, like they 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 go out to the, to the flanks. They go, and when we've got the ball, they tuck in. And, and I just think that that's, you know, I think that um, Lukonga's uh, Le- 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 got probably a little bit more to learn, you know what I mean? That's nothing nothing against him neither. Um, but but ultimately, just let, let I don't, I, didn't, I, don't, I watched it, yes, because I actually see that and I, I looked at it, is it a problem and all that? No, it wasn't. It would have been a problem if, if it hadn't gone to Tierney in the end. And, like, you know, he just sort of chucked it on on Eddie and Eddie didn't really know what to do with it like you know what I mean but again I, I don't see why Lacazette couldn't have just gone over to Tierney and just give it to him anyway I, I just felt that it was a little bit um, I don't know maybe a little bit time wasting or something from Lacazette's point of view or, or, or whatever I don't really know like but I don't even think it was an issue I, I looked at it yesterday and I didn't think it was much of it somebody said next to me like oh he don't help himself by doing that like, and I get that you know what I mean he should have just held on to it until whatever but ultimately you know, this this is a bloke that's been stripped to the captaincy. So why would you why would you give it back to him? Like you know, what I mean, probably like part of him, he's thinking to himself, oh, "I'm having enough of that." Like you know, so uh, I don't know. Like I don't think it's an issue or whatever. Like you know, and what I can't understand about Arsenal fans at the moment, 
to a certain degree, like you know, oh, it's only Brentford. Yeah. Oh, it's something negative about Shaka. It's something like that. Bloody enjoy the wins while you can, because I can tell you what: when you we don't win, you ain't going to enjoy them. I'm enjoying. It. I don't oh, care yeah. about anything else yesterday. I don't care about what the manager did or whatever. Like, yeah, Arsenal won yesterday, and that is the main thing. Like, you know, and everybody before the game is going, "Oh, we've got to win this game. This is so important. We get these three yeah, points. Then exactly. we get the three points, and there's like loads of things going in and about and all that." Like, let let's just see what happens. Just back the team, and that's what the fans done in the stadium yesterday. Look, listen, I get we all come on in, we've got to make conversation about it and things like that, but ultimately. So what if it's Brentford? If we beat Wolves, oh, is it only going to be the fact, oh, it's only Wolves and they don't score a lot of goals? No, it's not an easy game. You know, we got, you know, yeah, I don't care if we win our next five games, 1-0. I said that the other day. If we win our next five games, 1-0, one 1-0, nil, one nil, we'll be in there. And look at our things. Look at Aston Villa at the moment. You know, they've had that little kick and now look at them struggling again, like, you know. So, and they've bought... Bought very, very well in the in, in the January transfer window, you know. We, we, so, no game, every game's tough. I don't care what anybody said. I don't, I don't, did, ever, did we enjoy that first 45 minutes on Saturday? I certainly didn't. Why? Because Brentford made it tough for us. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I did, you know, actually. I quite liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you're probably enjoying COVID at the minute then. That's all I'm talking about that night, man. <laughs> to be fair, I don't feel. Like no, 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 I'm more worried about the three points sort of thing. They're actually looking at it and going... They've not got the emotion attached to it. They yeah, they haven't got the emotion attached to it. So he's going, oh, you look comfortable. You're always going to win that game, like, you know. And I'm thinking, really? I thought, you know, half-time, I'm thinking I'm going to have to have 10 beers to get through the second half. But, like, you know, that I suppose that's the way it is, you know. like, And, you know, we're, we're looking quite comfortable. People said it was a good, comfortable win. So... I, I get what I'm saying there, but for me, the emotion of it all, I think, oh no, we're going to drop two points. And then when you're looking, I don't know if you, you notice at half time, Liverpool were, were a goal down after a couple of minutes of that second half. There was nil nils all over, you know, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Chelsea got run right at the end of the game. No, they're not easy games. You know, Watford beating Aston Villa, who would have thought that? No, you know, yeah, the Burnley yeah. result, yeah, exactly. Burnley's result, yeah. So yeah. You, you can't, there's nothing for granted, take nothing for granted. I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if Burnley gets something against Spurs. I'm not saying they will, but it will, I wouldn't go, oh, that's a shock. I think, they will I mean? I think they'll get something personally. Oh, that oh I love John Dice. Like, you Come can on. have him. You can keep him. <laughs> oh, I must admit, it is one of those, uh, it is one of those league tables, isn't it? Yes, Where yes, every game is Ten halves, they're not pints. Ten halves, Richard. Yeah, some of them had ten halves. Ten halves. Ten half pints. Absolutely, judges. I have pints. take him as a manager in the summer. Ten halves. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that'd be one. <laughs> like that one, Tom. Well done, man. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. He would be a good one. Tom, let's come to you. Um, what we're going to do, let's bring the league table up and let's talk about this top four because, for me, there's a lot of discussions around who's in it, oh, who's not in it. Um, if I'm honest with you, 
well, you will. That's any consolation. Some of us can see. Some of us can see. Hopefully, the chat can see as well. Um, Tom, I'm going to ask you to run us through what you think is and isn't possible in this table in terms of who is fighting for this top four and who you think is just not really in it. Because I'm looking at those clubs right there thinking yeah. all of them fancy a bit of a chance in terms of the inconsistency of everyone else. Look, as you said there, Dan, it's the, that's the word. That's the buzzword, inconsistency. Whichever team, and I think this is something you've mentioned before on, on both of our channels, whoever can be consistent in this second half of the season will get top four. If you can keep picking up points, keep grinding out wins, you will achieve that top four spot. And that's why Man United are starting to worry me because even though they're not yeah. playing great, they're picking up wins. And that's frustrating. Spurs, you know, I, you know, it was horrible watching that game last night. It really was uh, disgustingly horrible. However, what I will say, it's not, it's not some stroke of genius from Antonio Conte that Spurs beat Man City. City have won one of the last six Premier League meetings between those two, and Spurs have had four managers in those six games. It's it, it, just they have something over them. They're in my mind, and I hate to give them compliments, but they're probably the best counter-attacking team in the league. And that's City's massive downfall is they just can't deal with a quality counter-attack. And, and on the counter, Spurs could be so clinical, as we know all too much about. But everyone that you see in that picture there, Dan, is in the mix. Even Wolves, people may like, write them off, but they're having Pedro Neto come back. They've lost a Dama yeah. sure, but Neto coming back for them is going to be massive. Jimenez is, is finding form as well. Neves is getting on the score sheet and getting the assists too. I thought they were great tonight as well, Wolves. They, they were really good. They were really good. good. Yeah. And I was hoping yeah. that Leicester were going were gonna to grab something, but they just weren't able to do it. And it's, it proves how big of a game that, that Thursday game is. And, and as Lee was saying a second ago, thinking like it's just Brentford, that win at Wolves was huge. Like yeah, I can't yeah, understate how big of a win that was. And it's just the... the, the the frustration that they complained about the way we celebrated. We had a right to celebrate that, you know, excellently because it was a huge victory uh, at Molyneux to do that with 10 men. But in the context of what we're seeing on the screen, Man United look like, even though they are sitting in fourth, obviously they've, they've played three more games than us at this point. If we win those games in hand, and that's a big if because Wolves is one of them, Chelsea is another, and Liverpool is, is the other one. So realistically, if you told me that I can take four points from those three games, you know, I'd probably break your arm off to get a one point at either Liverpool or Chelsea because that would be a really big point for Arsenal in those two fixtures. I'd love to be able to get more, but I don't think that Arsenal go into those games expecting to get things against Chelsea and Liverpool. We hope that we can. But, you know, if we come out the back of those without a win in either of those two fixtures, it's not going to be the end of the world for Arsenal. So they're bonus points if we get them. Wolves, though, it's an absolute must win. We have to win this game on Thursday. If Wolves win it, despite having played a game more, they will go above us in the table. And all of a sudden, we'd sit seventh. And it's a hugely different scenario just off the back of one game. So we need to push forward. We need to hope that these teams mess up. As I say, Spurs at this moment in time, they're not a huge concern to me because they've just come off the back of three back-to-back -back Premier League defeats before City. And as we say, City do tend to struggle against them. So I'm hoping, as you boys have said, that Burnley can get a result against them. But we just need to focus on ourselves in my mind. I wouldn't even be showing the players the table at all. I'd say focus on the next game, focus on what we need to do to beat Wolves and then Watford and then next team and, and do what we need to do. Yeah, I think it's wise because there is still a long way to go. Over 1,300 of you in the chat, please smash the like button and let us know in the chat where you think Arsenal will finish this season. Albert, Tom brings up a great point there about our games in hand because you look at the table right there and you see that we've got three games uh, in hand mm. on Manchester United, but those three games happen to be Chelsea, Spurs and Liverpool. Very frustrating, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
what do we realistically have to be looking at, like Tom says, points-wise, to give us a chance of going in the top four? Or do those games not really matter as long as we win the other ones? Um, before, you, before, obviously, we come up against the... Um like you mentioned the three games in hand um i sort of want to look at the games we've got coming up um sort of walls watford and leicester i think is the next three in in a in, in yep. that sequence i believe right um walls is a tricky one man because since they've come back up to the premier league we haven't beat them at the emirates um good football inside it's very impressive today neto's come back but he's come back from a very very long injury very good player daniel pedence is a handful from what i saw today and has been yeah, they don't score a lot of goals, but they don't concede many. Dan, 18 they conceded mm. the season. That's that's defensively they're set up very well by Bruno Large has done a very good job there. But um that's this this is what concerns you sort of me talking at the start of the stream in terms of you know there, there's some tough games in, in in the Premier League without having to play the you know the, the big six or the big five teams. Um and there's gonna be games where you're not gonna get a lot of chances, and we need to be clinical, man. Um, whether that's Lack of find some kind of form from somewhere to put the ball in the back of the net. Martinelli, I agree with Lee, needs to come back into the team. Um, but yeah, Wolves is going to be tough, man. Um, but Tom makes a good point because if you, if with the exception of probably Liverpool and City, even if you just look at the league as a whole, Dan, they're the main two teams that are going to put a runner sequence in terms of wins together. A lot of the other teams haven't done that, hence the reason why you've got the race that you've got for the top four. Um, and it does go down to even. Spurs and that, like Tom makes a good point. That that Wolves result was, was huge, man. Um, massive, massive, massive. And in that game, obviously, we kept a clean sheet. Um, so it's gonna be tough. Um, I think again, I think the reason why people would say Arsenal were favourites is again, we don't have any other commitments that we ain't got no domestic cups to worry about. So, in terms of recovery time and you know. That that's a key key factor that can't be ignored. So I, I get that argument, but this has been a very very topsy turvy league, man. Um, and you know Watford's going to be tricky. I know they're fighting for their lives, but um, they got some decent players that could hurt Arsenal. Leicester have had a bit of a free for all season, so I would be confident that we can actually get the result against them, even though they got some good players. But yeah, starting with Wolves on on Thursday, that's that's going to be tough. Um, uh, I think we might. Just get over the line with that game. Just. I hope so, man. <laughs> the way you're saying it, just, <laughs> just. I'm like, oh, God, come on, Albert. Uh, no, you're right, mate. I think Wolves are a very, very difficult uh, outfit. And I think we've seen in the last um, game against them. And obviously, look, today, I was so impressed. Obviously, Tom makes a great point about Pedro Neto coming back. And I think that will be a huge plus for them. Mm. He's a very, very good player. Lee Judges, let's get your thoughts on this league table. I know there's a long way to go, but there looks to be the games in hand, which people keep talking about. Points on the board and games in hand. Everyone keeps changing mm. their mind on it. What would the, the what matters, you know? Forget about the games. On, three games we got now. They're the yeah. three games. Must get nine points from those games. Must beat Watford. Uh, sorry, must beat Wolves. Must beat Watford. And then when we play Leicester at home, we will know Manchester United play Spurs that day. So one yep. of them two teams is going to drop points. So it's important that when when these teams in and around us are, uh, are playing. We have got to win our games, and that's what we've got to do. We've got three games that are winnable. I don't care what anybody says, they're winnable. We, you know, uh, two of them at home, 
one of them away to a team down the bottom of the table. Now, Watford's going to be tough. You know, as we said, you know, oh, it's not everybody's saying, oh, Watford's going to be tough. It's only Watford. It's not. It's a tough game. They're all going to be tough. But if we can get nine points from the next three games, then all of a sudden, the 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 games in hand are are are, st- are, are bonuses instead of like, oh, we've got to go there and win. You know what I mean? Like because at the moment they're tough games. I look at the Liverpool game. Liverpool game could be a really good game for us to, to, to be playing because they're going to come to the Emirates game. Probably a draw is not going to be good enough, so they might have to take a few risks against us. So, and we could pick them off like we did, you know, and play like we did against Man City. We're capable of beating anybody. They're, that's a team, by the way. When Liverpool come to us, they're not going to sit back and and, and defend. It's going to go. It's going to be a toe to toe game. I suggest if you that that'd be a good watch. And, and and if we can get that result there, somewhere along the line, also guys, we have got to do and get. get we've got to go to either Chelsea or Tottenham or. Or, or beat Liverpool at home. We've got to get somewhere along the line, get one of those big uh, big ones in as well, like, you know. So, look, for, for me, it's the next three games. Win those next three games. And I, I, I'm i going to I'm going to put my neck on the line. I've said it all along. I said, if we win our next five games, we, we will get top four. And I will say that now. If we win our next three games, we will get top four. And those three games are, are very, very much winnable, you know. And if we can get, like... Nine points on the ball, and then we go to Aston Villa, and you know, and hopefully get something there. All of a sudden, that's that's twelve points we've got, and and it's 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 a big big step nearer to to um to, to top four, like you know. So it's going to be very very interesting. Manchester United winning yesterday yeah, today um, is a good result for them, like you know. So they're 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 they're. Uh, I don't think you can write them off. I'm, I'm really be honest. I think that if I'm if I'm gonna say there's a favourite now, I still I still I still say it's Man United, hmm. and and I don't care what anybody says. Tottenham's result yesterday was a game changer. If they'd have lost that yesterday, I think they was probably out of it. I really do think the name would have been out of it. Like, but they're but real, right back in it now. Like you know, so um, uh, you know, l- listen. There's there's all there's all things to to be done. Like you know, l- listen. We can. We can go and lose to Watford and then go and beat Liverpool. We can go, you know, go and beat Watford yeah. and lose to Liverpool. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, you just don't know with this league. So we've just got to take game by game. But ultimately, we're at home on Thursday night. And yes, I expect us to win that game. I do expect us to win that game. If we don't, there'll be questions asked, you know, because we put ourselves, as Tom said earlier on, put ourselves in a fantastic position by winning at Wolves. That was a fantastic result. I don't care what anybody says. So, you know, that was a big boost for us, particularly with all the other teams dropping points uh, the day before. So this is important, like, you know. So and, then, and after this, guys, we've got another 10 days off, by the way. Another 10 days off till we play Watford away. Nicely refreshed, get ourselves rested yeah, up. Big, other big, teams big, have got big. two games in between that, like, you know. So come on. This is what it's all about. Fair enough. Um, I don't normally do this because we're normally looking at Europa Leagues or Champions Leagues. Remember that. Remember those days. Uh, or FA Cups or Carabao Cup finals. But because we've got seven games in front of us, Tom, let's start with you. Oh, um, what are you looking at? What are you looking at there as a realistic target? Out of those 21 points, what do you think? Me into Rio Ferdinand, Arsenal... what are you doing? I am, mate. Yeah. I am. I'm trying to get you to, to get the contract, sign the thing, get a pen out. So we've got 21 points there realistic, that we can get. What do you think would be a realistic target if we want top four, mate, from those um, seven games? 
if we want top four, then you've got to say the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You've got to say if we want top four, you've got to ask for 18 points. And I don't think that's an exaggeration, to be honest. From 21 points, I don't think that if we get, say, 19 and we drop we drop two points in a draw either against Leicester or against Wolves, you know, and we beat the Watfords, the Villas, the Palaces, the Brightons, teams which, you know, teams like United, Spurs uh, and Wolves and West Ham have dropped points to, then, you know, I, I think it, it sets us out. But if you're, if you're asking me if we want top four, what do we need to achieve? Well, we need to achieve consistency, mate, and that's through winning games uh, on the regular. And, you know, Liverpool come to our place as the best side in the league bar City, I mean, and they're pretty bloody close as well. So I, it's not, I say, I'm forgiving of a, of, of a defeat, but, you know, I'd, I've, I've had an understanding if we don't get a win uh, in that game. But I want us to beat Wolves and celebrate like crazy, by the way. I want to knee slide in front of all their supporters and then tweet out saying celebrating in the right way. Um, that's what I want to do. Um, beating Watford, you know, you, you can't really expect anything less than a win against the relegation side if you want top four. Leicester are very poor this season because yeah, very. mainly because of the injuries that they're facing. Like I think if they had everyone fit, yeah. they would have been a force. Like It's not to say they're bad. They're just not as good because they are lacking so many first-team players. I mean, Vardy being out is massive. Fafana being out is massive. Uh, and there's plenty more to go in that list as well. Liverpool, as I've already mentioned, Villa... Villa are a bit of a pretender side, aren't they? Um, bidding oh, 30 million for Emil Smith Rowe looks a bit funny now, doesn't it? Um, but they're a side <laughs> that wants to be where we are. They, they're a side that wants to be challenging for European places, and we need to try and put them back in their place. And there's this net running narrative now between us and them. So we have to show that game. We have to turn up at Villa Park and do what we couldn't do, uh, I think, in the last two seasons. We've yeah, has Villa Park. Um, Palace, again, another place we tend to struggle when we go away to Palace, me, I've sat next to Lee and watch him lose his mind as uh, <laughs> Zaha wins a penalty. Uh, and uh, Brighton, you know, we, we need to get revenge for that nil-nil. We have to, ex not expect, but we have to demand, really, if we want top four, 18 out of 21 points, Dan. Uh, and significantly less than that. And you have to think we are our own enemies there. I'm going to agree with you, mate. I think we can, um, one of those, uh, maybe a Liverpool game, um, it's going to be too difficult for us to take three points, but all the others I'm expecting to, because if we want top four, that's what we need to do. Albert, is that too unrealistic for this Arsenal side? Oh, yeah. I, I, I love the optimism, Tom, and I do, man, but I'm not sure, you know. Um, even with, I'll be honest with you, even I look at the Wolves game, right, coming up on Thursday, I'm probably wavering a little bit, Dan, to be honest. <laughs> You know, you know, only because like I dare, I just we, we've not done too great against them. Um, so you know what? In terms of the first three games we've done, let me do that quickly. Um, sure. I would, I wouldn't be too disappointed with seven out of nine. I think that's actually more realistic with this Arsenal side. I generally do believe okay. that. Um, Liverpool at home. Oh dear. I, I listen. I'll be honest. I would love to listen. I'd love to see us beat Liverpool the league. It's been a, it's been a while. Um, but. I think we might come up short in that game, Dan, to be honest. Um, is that Villa away? Oh, that's going to be a tricky one. Um, I actually think we'll win that one. I do think we'll win. I do think we'll win that. Palace away. I actually think we might get a point, mate, and we'll beat Brighton at home. I would say that was fairly realistic, Albert, to look at it that way. I think yeah. Tom's been optimistic and I love it. And I think that, you know, that's what we need. Um, for you, what Tom, we get. Right, 
Deluded yeah, of course. Is another word. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say deluded, but I would say that it's very optimistic. Um, so let's get, let's see where Lee Judge's head is at. What are you looking at there, Judge? Well, listen, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I agree with Tom. If if we get 18 points from that, you know, what I mean, this Champions League football. That's how that's how it is. I, I think that um, Palace away is going to be tough. You know, uh, they're all going to be tough games. Palace, Watford uh, away from home. Villa's going to be tough. Liverpool at home. They're all potential. Um, ones to drop points, and the same as Brighton. Brighton, like I, I was very impressed with them against Man United the other night, by the way. So, you know, but if you're going to get top four, you have got to be taking about 18 points because what you got to do also in that, if you if you if you're seriously thinking about getting top four, what if we got 18 points from that game? What does that do to the other teams? Deflates them, mm. you know, like another point. Another, you know, oh, they're going to lose here, this, like, this, like. No, and they've won again. And that's all we can do. Listen, it, 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 we have just got to continue to keep winning. And like, when I look at those games there, we have a very, very good run of fixtures there. Where after that, you've got Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham in that uh, mix. So, so you know, then you're all going to go, well, we're going to get seven, eight points from them. We ain't going to get a lot of points from them. But do you know what? When you've got 18 points on the board, it'd be nice to go to Tottenham with a five, six, seven point gap. You know what I mean? Like knowing that if we, if things don't work out, we're still going to be in in the box seat. So this is what we've got to do. We've got to make sure we're going to the box box seat come those big games. And we've got these games here that are all winnable, Dan. I'm sorry, they're all winnable by Liverpool. I yeah, wouldn't say that you could not, you know. But also the Liverpool game, by the way, is at home. Here's at the Emirates, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, you know, they've got to come down on a Wednesday night, like, you know, mm. um, and, and whatever. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's easy, but ultimately they've got lots of games in between that Liverpool and and, and and all these other teams. We haven't, you know what I mean? We're just playing once a week, one, once, twice a week, and then we're having a little bit of a break. This is, this is how it's got to be. But if Arsenal get 10 points, say, from those or 11 points from those games, forget about top four. You ain't getting yeah. it. Absolutely. Forget about it. Not only that, Lee, but you look at the you look at the Watford game, more than a week's rest. Leicester City game, a week's rest. Crystal Palace game, more than a week's rest with the international break. Brighton game, week's rest. Like yeah. we haven't got midweek games between those. Like there's no excuse not to be fit and ready for those matches. Exactly. And that's that's the great point. And that's why it's you know, there's no excuses for Arsenal not to be to be fresh and raring to go in, in these games. And this is what they've took the gamble on. They're not going for a big squad. I get that because, you know, I, I look at that and I, I, if we have had a, if we have a big squad, what we've, we've a big squad with no games. What does that, what does that give you? It gives an unhappy, there's unhappy players, you know? Uh, so we've trimmed down the squad because we knew that we weren't going to be playing week, week uh, midweek games. Uh, so that ain't a bad thing, you know? So, um, you know, and you can like injuries and that you can recover from a little bit more if you've got that week's rest and if you're not playing on top of niggling injuries or whatever. It, listen, it's so important that there are games there. If you were looking at, if you're a team like Man United or, or Tottenham, you're looking at and going, oh, they're gonna they're gonna get 18 points from that lot. You know, like and hoping that they don't. You know, yeah. I'm looking at that. If that was Tottenham's fixtures or or, or Man United's fixtures, I'm thinking, oh, they might slip up against Liverpool, but all the others they're going to they're going to win. So why and don't I think that with Arsenal? Catherine, and a key thing when what after Wolves uh, after Wolves play us, they've got West Ham. 
So that's massive. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that, yeah, you know, they could be out of it by then, you know yeah. what I mean? So huge, or, huge. Or one of them two. Listen, if we beat Wolves, right, and West Ham play Wolves, one of them two's out of it. If whoever loses that game, because that you know West Ham, you know, dropping a lot, of, you know, that that so you know, and then you know, if you're five, six, seven points in front of Tottenham, say when 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 Man United and Tottenham are playing, you know, you're thinking, all right, come on, like let, let's get the the nail on the Leicester one, mm-hmm. and then we could go from there. But as I say, you know, we could easily slip up to any of those teams. So yeah, that's the thing. Just yeah. Take it game by game. Who put that silly seven games up there like, you know what I mean? So just one game at a time. <laughs> one game at a time. Everyone does like to do this, mate. They, they do, do like to get carried <laughs> away. And it is yeah. a good debate. It is a good debate. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. couple of super chats just to throw up before we do finish. One of them's come in from that boy random. Uh, thank you very much, mate. Great game. Jury's still out, though, for him. Aubameyang hat-trick tonight in the Farmers League, La Liga, Tom. Uh, no, I'm joking, mate. Uh, Aubameyang's got a hat-trick. One it's, come off of his I mean, back, It's, not, it's not great at the moment, is it? <laughs> Let's be real. No, I mean, Aubameyang's got a couple of goals. I mean, there you go. Well, he washed up yeah. striker, scored a hat-trick tonight. There we go. Um, yeah. The other one is from Harry Weston. Uh, I'd love for us to get Brozier. Have I said that right, Tom? Brozier? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Why not? that would be. Got the height and presence as well for the crosses. Chelsea will want huge money, though. I think this is going to be a Tammy Abraham situation, isn't it? I can't see him coming to they Arsenal because he plays for Chelsea. Nah, They're never no going to let us have him. But I do like him. Um, what do you make of him, Lee? Brozier from yeah, South I like him. I've, I've been very, very impressed with Raw, but potential. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, yeah. I think that if we could get him and someone else, I'd be more than happy with that. Like you know, I like what I see. Listen, his form as as. Uh, is why Southampton are going so well now because they've got a focal point up top. And and I'll tell you what, he, he's got pace, he's got strength, um, and he can only get better. There we go. What a way to finish it. We do need a striker. Somebody like him would be great. Um, guys, this has been a fantastic debate. I've absolutely loved having you three on. It's been fantastic. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Amazing chat room. Really yeah. interactive. Great Very. seeing all the comments. Um, nearly 1,400 of you watching live tonight. Absolutely brilliant numbers. So please keep uh, smashing that like button and subscribing to the channel as we bring more content. If you keep coming, we're going to keep um, putting it out there. So thank you all so much. Uh, Albert. Big up yourself, man. How can people get hold of you, bro? Thanks for coming on. No, much pleasure. Love coming on with you guys, man. I feel, feel like I'm at home. But um, no, big up to you. Big up to people in the chat, man. Very lively. But yeah, I've got my own channel, Albert JTV. Um, Southeast London red carpets, I like to say. But yeah, the, the aim is to get to 1K before the end of the season. So let's push it and see what we could do, people. Absolutely. You heard it. If you love Albert Lubby, you'll do go over there and subscribe and like to the channel. Uh, Tom Cannon, Guna Talk, what are you up to, man? Yeah, 8am shows every single day. Still, uh, look at still, that commitment. Poor Tom. Uh, yeah, madness. <laughs> Even when the windows close, we're doing 8am shows. It's mad. And uh, yeah, do reactions and stuff. Myself and Harry Simeon do a, a weekly show as well, alternating on our channels, uh, which I know so many of your chatbots love myself and Harry Simeon, so they will love to join us for that. Um, Absolutely. So make sure that you do. Uh, and yeah, but before you do all that, do go over and subscribe to Albert because he's so close to a thousand. So get in there, oh, get him that thousand. Can't wait to meet you, Tom. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been this weekend if it wasn't for this silly, silly virus. Yeah, it, it'll happen, Tom. It'll happen. It will happen. And make sure you've gone and done that now to Albert JTV. Great content and a great guy. Uh, Lee, thanks for thanks for everything, mate. Uh, to be honest, um, I hope you feel a bit better, mate. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I feel a little bit uh, lethargic. I've got to say, like, I'm going to go straight to bed after this. I've, I've, I've uh, 
I've gone too mad on the hot bath today, like you know what I mean. But have I've, a shower. I'm, yeah, you've got, you know, my age, Tom, you've got to soak those muscles after a hard game, you know what I mean? You've got to do it like, you know, so... Uh, yeah, for try an ice bath, mate. Well, an ice bath, yeah, uh, just just as my, I was finishing my football, they come in, like, I'm, I'm glad they did, because they were awful, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Whoa. Lost me willy six times, like, you know what I mean? Joke, like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think we'll end it there, shall we? Let's end it there. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night on the same old Arsenal at half past seven. If you guys want to come over and have a chat, myself, Lee, Craig, and Graham. Until then, we'll be back on Lee Judges TV next week, and we will see you in the week for some more content. Until then, up the Arsenal. Take care of yourself. See you next time. <laughs>